listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day all and welcome back to On the Road episode 63. This week we're joined by Jacqueline from Transport Women Australia Limited to talk about mentoring in our industry, as well as Stuart, a small fleet owner operator who tells it like it is when it comes to keeping a business going during the uncertainties and confusion of the COVID situation. Later in the show, Mike lets you know what's on his mind in something to talk about, and Ben Charles, the truckies accountant, shares some more really great tips and information in Wake the Truck Up. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, plus great Aussie music from Casey Barnes and Judah Kelly, Enough from me already. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. (laughs) This is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Award-winning country rock artist Casey Barnes has been setting the Aussie music scene on fire and he's getting noticed internationally as well with over 7 million streams and counting online. Here's Casey with a little more.
Jacqueline Brotherton is the chair of Transport Women Australia Limited. I saw an article in Big Rigs about mentoring, and mentoring is something that we don't do enough of in the transport industry. I wanted to get her thoughts on that, but I wanted to find out where Transport Women Australia Limited comes from, how it fits in, and who better to do it than Jacqueline. How are you, Jacqueline? Welcome to the show. I'm very well, Mike, and thank you for having me this morning. Always glad to talk about mentoring. So where do you fit in? Where does the organisation come from? How do you fit in? Well, Transport Women Australia has just been around 21 years this December. So it started in December 1999 here in Melbourne with eight women from various occupations in the transport industry. And it's just continued on from there. So a long-term organisation. And obviously, we've just tried to carry on their dreams and expand on them and obviously mentor and attract and support women in the industry throughout those years. Right. So your organisation covers everyone from every aspect. So we've got the office staff, drivers. Absolutely. So our organisation has members from CEOs to drivers to forklift drivers to fleet operators and university professors. Anybody who has an interest in, is involved in or employed by or has any aspect of the transport industry that they want to come into. We also have university students and others that have an interest in transport. Hmm. So how do you join? You just go on the web and you join or is there a secret handshake? Or There's a secret handshake at the moment because the website's under development. I hope to have it ready by now. Obviously, our old website is there and that gives you the contact details for myself and admin. It has my phone number on there, but hopefully we'll have the new website up by Christmas and you'll be able to join through that. But otherwise, it's just really by contacting us at chair through our email. That's always in big rigs uh, through the admin or just by calling me and we send the details out or contact us through LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. Mm. So NTI and Volvo are your founding partner members. How did that relationship get started? How did the organisation actually kick off? It started late in December 1999 and then obviously got really kick-started in the January of 2000. And that's when NTI and Volvo and originally BP, who are now no longer with us, Hmm. I wasn't around then. So I'm assuming that those original directors and members either approached those companies or the connection was made somewhere there. And they have stuck by us through thick and thin. Hmm. And we are very, very appreciative for that. And they are involved, obviously, in other programs with us as well, not only as foundation business partners, but in other initiatives that they support us through, obviously, through our mentoring program. Volvo is involved in our women driving transport careers. They are involved in our conferences and through our learning initiative breakfast. So they're involved in many things, Mm. as are most of our sponsors. They're not just there for a one-off thing. They are involved through several things throughout the years, as well as our conferences, and then sponsor different initiatives as we go along. Yeah, well, NTI are a sponsor of our show, and we thank them very much. They've supported us a great deal. They're amazing. And NTI and one of their employees, uh, one of their managers, are how the Creating Connections Mentoring Program came about. Hmm. So that was Janelle Green, wasn't it, that was responsible? That's correct, yes. So Janelle's Chief Customer Officer at NDI. That's correct. So she's been a big part of that for you and the program's taken off. So mentoring, as I said, we're sort of in the situation where I think that mentoring isn't one of the things we do very well in transport, particularly on the road. might be a little bit different in the office or the warehouse environment, but there is a place for it, the teaching and the handing on of skills. How do you see that progressing? I think it's so, so important that we do hand that on. We can teach people the actual skills, 
but it's what's inside people's head, the hands-on stuff that doesn't get handed down. And especially now with the older generation like myself, just being older and older, and especially older drivers that are moving out of the industry, it's just very, very important that the amazing amount of knowledge that they have in their heads is passed down. Mm. And I think years ago that was passed down because they took the young people with them in the trucks and they learned it side by side with them as they grew into the industry. Well, that's true. Unfortunately, that's no longer an option really because it has so many things against it. But once upon a time, you know, you took the truck washers and they took all these people with them on weekends. Then they learned how to load and unload and do all these secret things that were just second nature to drivers mm. that they don't now. They get taught how to do them, but not necessarily something that made them safer or easier or so forth. But it's just all of the different things that happen. Mm. I've had mentors, not formal mentors, but mentors all throughout my career. And they've had an amazing impact on my life. And I just think it's so important. And I think, you know, now we're missing out on that informal mentorship. And even if you go through this formal mentorship project, I think you still need to have those informal mentors in your life. And they don't have to come from the same company or even the same industry. Mm. They're just someone that guides you throughout your life into what you need to know and what you need to do. And it's a two-way street. You have to give back as well. Mm. You can't just expect somebody to pour all their time and energy into you without you actually putting some energy into it yourself. But it's something that's really, really missing. And until we started this program, people just weren't aware where to go to find that knowledge or to reach out. Sometimes they don't know what their assets are, but they also don't know where they need to improve or how to ask for that help. Mm. So I think the structure of this has really helped them to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. Those informal relationships that you talk about, I mean, this is the person that you ring up in the afternoon for an answer to a question, you know, how do I do this or in what way do I go there? And as you say, the relationship is a two-way street. It's one of those relationships that's probably a little bit difficult to form sometimes, I think perhaps a little bit of guidance and some assistance is needed. Is there that going through your program, that guidance of how these things should kick off? What I suggest to them firstly, and this came out of Janelle and her mentee, Anne, because they did actually a video to promote it as well. Mm. But one thing that they suggest, that this is for the formal part of the program, is that the commitment has to be there. Yep. And a lot of people, because they don't actually make the ongoing commitment right at the beginning, and what Janelle suggested, of course, is you have your first couple of, you know, getting to know you things, but then commit to the next six meetings, like put them in the diary right then and there. Mm. And then you have that commitment out for the next three months at least. And you're more likely to fulfill that commitment where if you just say, oh, yeah, we'll get together in two weeks' time or we'll get together in a month's time, that's likely to fall by the wayside. Yeah. So that really makes that commitment to the formal type of mentoring that we support through the program. But for Transport Women itself, we offer a huge range of informal mentorships through our board so that the members can reach out at any time to us and, you know, I'm always available to them. Coralie Chapman's always available to them. And we try to do that through our learning initiative breakfast. We try to just by giving our time personally, our functions. Coralie and I attend a lot of truck shows. True Ross does a lot as well through the Illawarra Convoy and the truck shows up there so that we try to make our presence out there and very available to the members and to everybody else who wants to engage with us and try to help them because I got where I am by asking a million questions 
and people were supportive of that. Most of my mentors were my ex-bosses and they're still there for me if I need them. And that's been so important, really, really important. It's quite easy to understand. I'm talking with Jacqueline Brotherton. She's the chair of Transport Women Australia Limited and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Jacqueline Brotherton and we're going to find out a bit more now about other stuff that Transport Women Australia's got going on, when the next conference is, who's likely to be speaking and what's happening because COVID has knocked your conference schedule around a bit, hasn't it, Jacqueline? Yes, it has. It was supposed to be in May of 2021. We took the option of uh, suspending it until October 2021. Victoria went back into COVID. So it's now on, on the 3rd to the 5th of June in 2022. We are very fortunate that all our attendees have decided to hang in there and go with us, as have all of our sponsors. So very, very grateful to all of that. And we're really, really looking forward to it because we only have them every three years. Mm. So this has been a long time without getting together and having a wonderful learning time. As I said, some of our initiatives come out of these conferences. So a long time away from getting that done. But that will be in Melbourne at the Hyatt Place, of course, where it was scheduled to be. Mm. So, yeah, super looking forward to that. Definitely, definitely excited about welcoming people back to Melbourne for that. Hopefully everybody can join us then with no border closures and all of the other stuff that's been going on with the lovely people that are keeping us apart and this little virus that loves us so much. (laughs) Oh, look, we live in hope, don't we? Yeah, we do. The disruption has been incredible. Anyway, look, we don't want to talk about that. Why ruin a good conversation? No, we don't. Go on, sorry. Our MC for the conference is Melissa Strong, the People and Culture Manager from Lindsay Transport. Yep. She's also an ex-director of Transport Women Australia and a National Transport Industry Woman of the Year and Queensland Woman of the Year. And she won our Excellence in Road Transport at the Women in Industry last year or the year before when we nominated her. So very well known and admired as a woman in transport. So very lucky to have Melissa to emcee it for us. Our keynote speaker is Jackie Alder, our opening keynote speaker from Western Australia. Yep. Her company is Clarity, Simplicity and Success. So she's going to be talking about how to get your mind around all of that with your career. So that'll be an exciting opening for us. And then our closing keynote is going to be David Coleman, who is called the Dating Doctor. So he's from the US. <laughs> Righto. I told David, he's not talking about actually dating as in going out, holding hands. He's talking about building remarkable relationships that go the distance in business. A likely story. (laughs) I know David very well. (laughs) 
uh, that he has some amazing stories to tell. And I'm sure that if anybody wants to get dating advice from him while he's on the show, that they're more than happy to. (laughs) I did tell him that some of the things that we talk about in the US that he won't probably be able to bring up in Australia because we all know each other and that probably probably won't roll here because you uh, don't want your secrets out there. I know. (laughs) But he's an amazing speaker. He's the only public speaker that's been awarded Entertainer of the Year in the US. Right, eh? He's an incredible speaker. I've heard him speak several times. The Women in Trucking Organization conferences in the US. Mm. He's incredible. So we're very, very lucky to have him uh, speaking at the conference. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So obviously we have others as well from our sponsors and some of our scholarship winners and other speakers there as well. But they're our opening and closing keynotes. Mm. So they're the ones that probably will attract the most attention, I guess. There's lots happening at the conference, so we're just hoping everybody's really, really happy with what's going on. You know, there may be a few speaker changes except for them Mm. because of conflicts with dates and things. So we will just adjust that all after Christmas when people are available and so forth as we go. And we'll report on it when we've got more information. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And what else is in the works? Have you got some other things coming up? So we have our Women Driving Transport Careers, which is a women-only driver licensing program, which we have a joint venture with Wodonga TAFE, Volvo Group Australia and ourselves, which obviously is for women getting their HR licence originally. That's obviously been hiatus through COVID because they couldn't all, you know, get in the truck together and train together and so forth. Mm. But we have our first post-COVID group going through in February. Yep. So that has been amazing. We've had several groups through Lynn Fox and Australia Post Star Trek, through Alex Fraser Hansen, who's been incredible. We've had a Main Freight and a couple of others go through that. And it just gives them the opportunity to see a pathway into the industry, a pathway into trucking that they never saw before. Cleanaway is doing the next one in February. So it's been really exciting to be able to get that done. And some of those women have gone on from that HR license now to be driving road trains. Some of the first ones go through. Our poster girl for that, of course, is Rachel Top, who was a Mac makeup artist for eight or 10 years and then became a truck driver. So huge difference for her to move into trucking, but never saw a pathway before into it. And so she's become that. We also today just announced our 2021 scholarship winners, Driving the Different Scholarship Winners, okay. which is sponsored by Daimler Truck and Bus Australia Pacific. Press release has just gone out this morning and been announced on our social media this morning, so we're very excited about announcing. Who was that? So we have six scholarships, so two went through to Queensland, two to Victoria and two to New South Wales. Okay, yep. The worst part is disappointing the ones who don't get through. Mm. It's always exciting to let the ones know who win, but it's really disappointing to have to let the others know that they didn't make it through. And we have such a high caliber of applications through to this, and to be able to give six this year was just amazing. Yep. So we're really, really looking forward to being able to give them their check and their certificate, our end-of-year functions in Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. Yep. So, yeah, super excited about that. Right. We've been doing that for three years. I think our youngest winner's been like 24, didn't check the ages this year, and the oldest one's been in her late 50s. Right. One determination I made when we were setting this up, and Daimler were quite okay with that, was that we had no age limits on it Mm. because so much is focused on youth only. Mm. So it was really important. So, yes, super excited about that this morning. So hopefully with that goes on into the future. We also have what we call learning initiative breakfast. So obviously, say we'll put on hold as well through COVID, but they'll be bouncing back in 2022. 
haven't quite got the theme for them yet. Yep. But they've also been hosted and sponsored again by NTI. We launched them at the NTI office in Brisbane back in 2019. And they've been sponsored by RT Health, Move Bank, NTI, NHVR, Charlie Track Navman, TW Super, Interlink Insurance Brokers and various other. Yep. So a lot of not only our sponsors, but our corporate members actually sponsor and host them for us. Yes. The first year was on physical, financial and mental health. It was the theme for all of those. And then we will just readdress what we decide to have in 2022. Well, we'll look forward to seeing what they are. Yes, me too. <laughs> We're sort of barreling into 2022. That was not that far away now. We I don't. know, I know. We just need to actually sit down and make that decision. So uh, there's so many issues that you want to address in transport, so you're just really not sure where to go with them, actually. Well, buckle your seatbelt and sit back and relax, <laughs> and we'll just see what happens. Exactly. We will, for sure. Thanks for being on the show with us, Jacqueline. It's been a very great pleasure to chat with you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. I'm sure our listeners have got something out of it. I've been talking with Jacqueline Brotherton. She is the chair of Transport Women Australia Limited down in Melbourne, and we've got so much stuff to cover down the track. We'll be looking forward to speaking to you again. Thank you, Mike. Look forward to it as well. Have a great day, mate. Thank you. You too. Thanks, mate. Bye. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, this is Ben Tilney from Street Pieces and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. It's time for That's What You Think. I've got Stuart on the phone with me now, and we're having a bit of a chat about how we've come together to discuss what we're going to discuss today. I met his other half on Facebook, and she's pretty vocal. She's, she's a bit out there. She sort of says what she's really got to say, and she doesn't pull any punches. 
I ended up sending her a message and I said to her, I don't know your name. Where do you fit in? And she answered me back. The short story of it is, mate, she's given me your phone number and now we're here and we're going to talk. Does she run your show the way she runs her Facebook page, mate? <laughs> no, actually. She's pretty quiet when it comes to the work side of it. <laughs> yeah, she just does the paperwork and yep. shuffles the money around and all that sort of behaviour. Yeah. But yeah, like when it comes to the political side of trucking, mm. she's pretty fired up. She goes into bat for not so much the underdog, mm. but the underrepresented and the let down by society, I suppose. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. She goes into bats for single fathers who, you know, have trouble being able to see their kids and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. and the transport industry, because we are the transport industry, she goes into bat for us truckies pretty hard. You know, sort of started off because like, we've been married 23 years. Yep. Actually, might be more than that. It might be 24 years. You better get that right, <laughs> mate. What's your anniversary? What date's your anniversary? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, March 21st. Pass. Next question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got that bit, but yeah, just can't remember when we actually got married. But anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. That's not really relevant. <laughs> uh, you're toast now, mate. I take her for a ride in a truck, you know, and before that, she never really had any idea about the transport industry, but you'd go for a ride in the truck and you'd start looking at how other traffic people behave, yep. car drivers behave and whatnot, and all of a sudden, it sort of started after a few times away, it started to click and she goes, geez, a lot of these car drivers are pretty average. It just goes to show how much we have to anticipate everyone else's stupidity when we're out on the road. Yeah. It's just a constant battle. She goes, how come you look around so much? I said, because I'm always looking for the next wanker to do something to me that's going to cause me grief. Yep. So you've got to be like eyes everywhere all the time. Yeah, that's right. You're an owner driver. She helps you run your business. How many trucks are you running now, Stuart? Uh, we got nine. Nine? Yeah, we got nine. But it's sort of a mixed bag because we've got a couple of B-doubles that do tanker freight. Then we've got, like, I'm in a B-double tipper at the moment. Mm. And then we've got walking floors. So, Mm. yeah, it's a mixed bag. Bit of everything. We're agricultural contractors, I'd say. We've got three telehandlers and two Terex skid steers that we use for pushing up all the chook shit. And then we've got the walking floors and the semi-tippers for doing the bulk freight. Plus body trucks, plus fertilizer spreaders, B-double tankers doing the molasses and the liquid feed which, you know, do a lot of feedlots and whatnot in New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah. Oh, so you get about a bit then. you got blokes crossing yeah, yeah. the border and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think there's about eight or nine feedlots that we service between Queensland and New South Wales. Yeah. So they vary. Like, their load demands vary depending on their cattle numbers. I know my older feedlot, when they were, like, proper busy years ago, they were using 32 tonne a day. Yeah. So you basically got one B-double just doing that five days a week. Yeah. Just so they got enough there to see them through the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Back in the early days, we got our first B-double. We we're doing AMH Mungandai feedlot. And they were using three B-doubles a week. And that was my job. Yeah. That's all I did was I did three loads out of Bundy to Mungandai for the week. Right. And then I'd bring one home to Wakehold. Yeah, right. Yep. That was me. That's all I did for like 12 months. <laughs> It's just, you know, and people go, oh, how many Ks you do this year? Oh, about 240,000, you know. It's just, yeah. it's just day in, day out. It's just relentless. Driving around and around in circles. Yeah, it's just yeah, wonderful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, your other half sent me this submission that she's put into Mr. Buckholz mm. about some concerns that she's got with the vaccinations. Now, I've talked quite a bit on the show about my thoughts, obviously, and I have a range of thoughts on them, and I think we're fairly much on the same page. 
Yeah. You're in the unenviable position where you've got drivers that are having to cross the borders and when they go south into New South Wales to come back into Queensland, they've got to have the vaccination and everything now. Yeah. I know from reading the various bits and pieces that have been put out there that you don't mandate that your employees have those vaccinations, but unfortunately other people are. So how are you responding to that? What's happening as far as your business is going? Well, it is suffering. It's suffering because we can't really logistically control our trucks as good as we should be able to. Mm. So when this first came out, everybody at work, I'm talking every single driver was, no way, I'm not getting that. I'm not touching it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as it's progressed, it's not like it's got any better for them, mm. but it's just the fact that a lot of guys are just broken, you know? Yeah. They just go, oh, well, I'll just get the jab. They basically screw you over that much that you've got no other option to get the jab. But there's three of us at work that are still, no thanks, we're not doing it. Yeah. Like my sister Marion, she runs the office and we've had a couple of doozies regarding the jab and drivers. And I said, there is no fucking way that we are going to mandate or push our drivers to get the jab so that we can continue doing stuff over the border. Yeah. Right. I said, if it comes to that, I said, I'm just going to walk away. I'm that serious about it yeah. because I've seen so much bad happen. Yeah. You know, we've had a customer of ours, this was about six months ago, so this customer up at Tagulawa, his sister-in-law, she's a 62-year-old high school teacher, Yeah. fit as a fiddle, gardens, does everything, goes in for a jab. The next day, she's got a headache. The next day, like, just can't shake it. Mm. Panadol, Nurofen, doesn't fix it. The next day, the same. The next day, she says to her sister, which is our customer's wife, mm. she says, oh, can you take me to the hospital? I feel like proper crook. Mm. Well, she didn't come out of hospital. That's it. Four days. Wow. And that's one customer. And Bex was just saying today, the aircon man just came to fit another aircon unit to our house. So his missus, her sister, yeah. she's in hospital as we speak with blood clots. Yeah. And also her sister's friend is in hospital now as we speak with a bloody heart condition. Yeah. So they can't just say, oh, it's rare. It's not rare. No. It's f all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've got a mate, his missus is a nurse in hospital, and she says, like, 40% of their patients coming in are adverse reactions. Yeah. And she thinks that, oh, no, our hospitals are struggling at the moment, and it's because of COVID. It's not because of COVID. There's only three bloody active COVID cases in Queensland. Yeah. You know, they're struggling at the moment from the adverse reactions of the jab. Yeah. I just can't, for the life of me, just fathom it how they can just be so bloody pig-headed with their head in the sand. Yeah, well, there's a bit of it going around, mate, let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> you're not telling me. The worst part about it is I've read this submission here, and you've obviously got all the raw numbers and everything, and that's great. The problem that we're up against now is that a lot of truck drivers are working alone. Yeah. Well, I've been in environments, I'm sure you all guys have too, where you're loading alone or unloading alone or you're traveling in a remote area yep. or you're out of phone service. And, and some of these reactions, they don't happen straight away. They can happen a month later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. For me personally, you know, I had a heart attack out on the road and I had my heart attack. And, you know, this is common knowledge, so I don't mind talking about it. Yeah. I'd been up to Brandon, I'd been unloading up there and came back and... You know, with that parking bay is on the left there near the Burdekin Bridge there opposite the servo? Yep, yep. Pulled up out the front of there and oh, I was feeling properly ordinary. I really was. And it had been a terribly hot day though and I'd been in a chemical suit and I thought, oh, I'm just dehydrated and I just feel like shit. And then after a little while, it was, no, this is more than that. 
So I thought, oh, well, we'll ring the ambulance, knowing full well that as soon as I did it was going to be bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah. And I ended up in the ambulance, and they hooked me up to the monitor, and they said, mate, you're having a heart attack. So they took me to hospital in air there, and I ended up in Townsville and had a stent put in and 2,000 k's away from home, and boss has got to send someone to pick the truck up and yep. time off work, and then all the hoops you've got to jump through to get back behind the wheel again. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, my boss, you know, shout out JJ, our mate, stood beside me and helped me through it all. But if I'd have been anywhere else, if I hadn't been able to get access to those medical services, if I hadn't been able to ring an ambulance because I didn't have phone service, yeah, the cardiologist in Townsville said I'd be in a box now. Yeah, that's right. And there's so many times that can happen to us in the transport industry. You know, like today or all week, basically, I'm doing loads all week. I don't talk to anybody. Yeah. So I'm loading myself. I'm driving to the destination. I'm unloading myself. Oh, yeah, I've seen a few guys in the factory. They're walking around, they're doing their thing. Yep. But I'm not going up there actively talking to them. Mm. You know, as so long as I leave my paperwork on the clipboard, when I leave, that's all they care about. Yeah. You might give them a wave as you're driving out the gate. That's about it. Yeah. But we had one of our boys slipped off a ladder. He was unloading molasses on a farm between St. George and Charleville. Yeah. And it was late at night, late in the afternoon sort of thing. Yeah, he climbed up a ladder and slipped off the ladder, mm. cracked his head on the ground, yeah. knocked himself unconscious. And he was unconscious for six hours Wow! and no phone service. There's no farmer there because, you know, a lot of these farmers, they just have the tank out in the middle of a paddock with a trough on it. Yep, that's right. Yep. And once you've been there once, you can go there 50 times. You know exactly where it is. Yep. You don't need anyone to show you. Yeah. So, yeah, he's unloading, slipped on the ladder, cracked his head on the ground, knocked himself out. Six hours later, he actually came to, but he had no phone service. Yep. He had to drive the truck to where he had phone service. Yep. And then he rang me and it was like, 2 a.m. or whatever it was in the morning, he rang me, I was at home, yeah. and he wasn't even really coherent. You know, he's just sort of like mumbling to me, yeah. and he said he hurt himself bad and, like, he needs help. And I tried to work out where he was. Anyway, we managed to get the farmer to get to him, and then we ended up getting the Royal Flying Doctor Service that went and picked him up. Yeah. And ended up flew him to Gundawindi, then they ended up flying to Brisbane. Wow. So he had a cracked skull. You know, so this it happens, and that could have been way more tragic. Yeah, and that's why I get so fired up about this jab. Mm. You could be in charge of a B triple out the back of Buddy St George or wherever with a load of grain on, and all of a sudden you start having a bit of a fit. Yeah, you've got no phone service, you've got no one to bloody help you. What do you do? Do you pull up and hope that someone's going to turn up and help you? Or do you keep driving the truck to try and get into town so that you can actually get help? Yeah. What do you do? You know, you start to feel crook. Yeah. And what's going to happen if there's a school bus, you know, a school bus on an excursion or a school bus doing the bloody pickup in the afternoon or the drop-off? Yeah. And all of a sudden, someone starts having a bit of a mickey fit because they had their shot two days before, yeah. even bloody two, three weeks before and cleans up a school bus full of kids. And that was exactly what we put in our letter to Scott Buckholz. Yeah. You know, you've got to start looking at the adverse reactions because it's not just happening. It's not random. It's not just like one or two. Yeah. We're talking bucket loads of people. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to start doing a bit of research. Look at the UK. Look at America. Look at their statistics on vehicle accidents in the last six months. They're through the roof. Yeah, well... And you're saying that these countries are in lockdown. Yeah, that's right. Some of them are in lockdown. So there should be even less movements, less vehicle movements per million people. Yeah. But there's bucket loads more accidents. Yeah. Talking with owner driver, Stuart. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. 
you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Stuart, we're seeing a hell of a lot of single vehicle accidents lately, aren't we? Oh, absolute phenomenal amount. Like yeah. in southeast Queensland, like where we are, we started thinking about it. Like I was talking to Bex probably six or eight weeks ago, mm. and I'm going, have you seen how many bloody cars hit tree, single vehicle? Mm. It's just never ending. It's, it's like two a day. Mm. We started adding it up, and what it is, these people, they get the shot. They get like a brain fog. Mm. They can't concentrate. If you go and talk to a lot of doctors that haven't been silenced, the doctors that sort of specialise in mental health and that sort of stuff, where they're probably more outspoken than what the GPs are, mm. they're seeing it because they're seeing changes in people's behaviour. Mm. You know, they just don't have the comprehension anymore. You talk to personal trainers, people that go to gym, they can't do like multiple functions at once. Yeah. Simple things that they used to do with battle ropes and stuff like that. And they're struggling to do simple gymnasium chores because they can't concentrate. Yeah. You know, that's just not normal. <laughs> you know? It's bloody scary. I mean, the other part about it is too, I've long held the belief that certainly not all, but some single vehicle accidents are actually suicides, I think. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. Someone lines up a tree or a truck. Yeah. Suicide by truck is a thing. We, we all know that to be true. Yeah, yeah. You know, at this point, obviously, I've got to say, if anyone's out there struggling, please look at our website. All the numbers are there. If you need help, reach out. I'm not saying that to be flippant either. We're very into it in the show. The fact of the matter is, though, we can't hide from these things by sweeping them under the carpet. That's what I'm saying, Stuart. It's just, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's... I sort of seem to think that that's what's happening. I, I mean, I had the displeasure of listening to our esteemed leader, Morrison, on the television today. There must be an election coming, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden he's saying, oh, well, you know, we don't want to do all this sort of stuff, but that's not our program. We're, we're not into this mandatory vaccination thing. I mean, he might not be, but the states certainly are into it, and big companies are certainly into it. And you know what else, too? They're all just full of piss and wind, right? Mm. So I was actually excited this morning because I had a phone call from John Brent, who's actually Scott Buckholz's right-hand man in his office, right? Yeah. And so he goes, oh, Scott's going to give you a call today. Yeah. Bex had sent him an email the other day. We wanted to catch up over this letter, you know, because he was in Parliament there a couple of weeks now. He's been in home quarantine for the last two weeks. He's still in home quarantine, by the way. Yeah. But anyway, because we hadn't heard anything, so we thought, oh, well, let's push it. Mm. So she sent him an email, and he says, oh, yeah, we'll catch up soon, right? Anyway, he rings me this morning. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a phone conversation chat today. Yep. Sweet. No worries. So on my way down this morning, pulled up, rings me. We've had a three-way tele-conversation. Mm. And it's just the usual blah, blah. You know, he spends 15 minutes talking to me about our business and how COVID's affected us. Mm. Then he just goes and starts spruiking about, oh, you realise there's 16,000 people stuck over the border and they can't come back into Queensland. And, mm. you know, we're trying to get these people home. And you know that even so, with all this going on, 
there's 30,000 movements across the border each day and, and nobody even blinks an eyelid. Mm. I'm going, yeah, but you're not listening. You obviously didn't read the bloody letter we sent you. Yeah. Because it's not about the majority of trucks moving across the border. It's about those guys who don't want to have a jab because they feel like their health is going to be jeopardized by whichever jab they get, mm. whether they feel like they're going to have a blood clot, whether they feel like they might have a bloody heart attack or a stroke or whatever. Mm. That's what the letter was about. Not, oh, you've got to drop this mandate so that we can get more bloody trucks across the border. Yep. Who gives a shit, mate? Like, it's not about that. It's about the health and well-being of drivers. Mm. And it's about the health and well-being of someone that's driving down the bloody Pacific Highway. Yeah. Oh, it just does my head in. Yeah, I'm hearing you. Yeah, he just spent another 10 minutes just the usual blah, blah. And then he goes, well, basically, you know, if anything that we could have done, we would have done it already. Mm. And I'm going, well, mate, you're the Australian Federal Government Transport and Heavy Industry Minister. Like, my whole theory was if our driver's licences are controlled by the NHVR these days, right? We're aware. National Heavy Vehicle Operators. That's right. Federal licences. Yep. Yeah, federal licences, right? They're current in every state. Yep. So doesn't that mean it comes under your jurisdiction? Mm. If it's a federal license, a Commonwealth license, it's not a state license. Yeah, it's, it's issued by the particular states, as you say. But it's issued by the state. But it's a federal license. It's a federal yep. license. Yep. And I'm thinking, mate, you should be able to stomp on these premiers' heads and say, no, mm. this transport needs to happen. Mm. No holes barred. Mm. That's just the way it has to be. Yeah. But obviously, he just doesn't give a shit, you know. Well, it, it took him nearly 19 months to work out the trucks needed a separate lane at Tweed. <laughs> That's right. I cannot begin to tell you how frustrated I am and have been over this bullshit. Yeah. My frustration level, out of 10, it's been 12 for a good while now. So, I know how stupid that's been down there at Coolangatta. We've been doing chicken litter down to a heap of avocado and macadamia farms and stuff around Ballina. And the boys will be coming out of Redland Bay. They'll go down the coast road and drop their loads off. But we'll come back over Mount Lindsay because it's longer, mm. but it's easier than spending two and a half hours stuck in traffic at the border gate, cool and gutter. Yep. So they'll come back over Mount Lindsay where there's no lineup and you'll just cruise straight through and you show, oh, mate, your border pass and away you go. Yeah. Rather than sit down there somewhere between bloody cool and gutter and bloody chindra. Yeah. Into the two feet forward traffic every five minutes. Yeah. I... Yeah, yeah. So having been there and done that, mate, I have no fond memories, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I had a chat there with a couple of fellas who were stuck out at Gundawindi there the other day, mate, because they didn't have their up-to-date COVID tests, all double-jabbed. Yeah, yeah. But they couldn't cross the border at Gundawindi because they didn't have their bloody up-to-date COVID test. It's just got to the point now where it's just absolutely beyond a joke. Yeah, well, that was the other thing that we put in the letter. Hmm. If these rapid antigen tests are so accurate and so successful, because hmm. they are more accurate than the PCR test, Yeah. You can look on YouTube and you can see a PCR test that gets done on a kiwi fruit and tests positive for corona. Mm. There's one there where they do a PCR test on a can of Coke and it tests positive for corona. Yep. And I was also told by a couple of people that if you're going in for a PCR test, do not drink Red Bull or any of those energy drinks before you go in for your PCR test because mm. more than likely you will fail. Mm. Well, that's pretty damning mm. if you can manipulate your result by your consumption of whatever drink your flavor is. You know, that's crazy. Crazy. Uh, that's not some bloody YouTube conspiracy. That's like actual people saying that. Yep, yep. And our thoughts with the rapid antigen test is like, why do you need a border pass at all, right? You could pull up at the border. Mm. You could do a rapid antigen test there at the border, mm. show the opposite your bloody negative result. Yep. 
and you could say, yep, on your way, son. Happy days. Yep. What would you even need a pass for at all? Yep. And you can buy these bloody tests at Coles and Woolies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just does my head in again. But the other part about this, mate, we were told that once you were double vaxxed and we'd reached 70%, we'd life would return to normal, we'd be free to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a joke in itself. And where are we now, mate? Yep. I haven't got another half an hour, Stuart, I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate you getting on here and having a chat with me and letting me know what you think. And I appreciate Beck sending me the information that she did. You know, I'm with you by all means, and I'm a bit disappointed that our federal transport guru, Mr. Buckholtz, can't be bothered doing his job. Yeah, I'm equally disappointed. <laughs> I know, mate. Will you drive safely? No worries. We'll look out for you on the road, mate. Yep, definitely. Catch you, mate. G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz. And you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. Got a letter from the IRS saying your tax return is a terrible mess. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the Truckies Tax Accounting Specialist. As always, it's Benjamin Charles here from Truckies Tax Accountants here each week to help hardworking Aussie truckies wake the truck up. I want to increase your refunds from next year and every year thereafter. I also want to help you recover extra refunds from returns that you've already lodged. That issue was addressed in podcast episode 58, so be sure to listen to that. I'm sure there's not anyone out there who doesn't think their refund was too small. And we're here to fix that for you. The next episode was about the free and easy method that we use to help you keep your tax records for a bigger, safer refund every year. And then in episodes 60 through to 62, I went through the A to Z of all the expenses you should be claiming. Your car by logbook, 20 grand, long haul truck drivers meals up to 30,000, local truck drivers overtime meals, 10 grand, then all the other clothing and tools and whatnot focusing on the things that you don't know about or haven't claimed typically. This week, thanks to popular demand from callers, I'm going to teach you about working as an employee versus working as a sole trader. It's a very common question. Now, it's a very complex question too, because circumstances will dictate whether it is better than worse. So generally speaking, employees, of course, you have the security, supposedly, not really. You have superannuation, you have four weeks annual leave, and you'll have 10 days sick leave. You don't get that if your work is a sole trader because you're essentially contracting to the employer or contractor. But what you do get is a raft of expenses that you can't claim as an employee. Under certain circumstances, i.e. you have multiple sources of income, multiple clients, you can claim your home office, and that's a good $15,000 each year. I assume that you might have a two-bedroom apartment, one bedroom is for sleeping in, the other one is the ABN's home office. If that apartment cost you $400 a week, now $200 of that or $10,400 a year is a tax deduction for your ABN. So straight away, if you can make that work, you've got a big claim. I say $15,000 because you've got utilities, chair, desk, and all those sort of things that go with it. In addition to having a home office, which is a cost you're going to incur anyway, turned into a deduction and therefore tax-free income, You've also got staff members. You might have your wife who works in the company in a marketing or a office management capacity or a son. 
And because they have income that is 45,000 or less, they can be paying 0% tax up to 22,000 and 19% tax up to 45,000. What I'm illustrating between just those few examples is where you can get some 0% taxable income, that is home office and any staff member who makes only 22,000 thereabouts, and 19% if they only make up to 45, as compared to if you earn this money as an employee, where you may be paying up to 49% on the same dollar income. So it seems very clear that under the right scenario, you should earn the money as a truck driver working as a sole trader to take advantage of 0%, 15%, and 19% deductions versus 49% or 38% you paying if you are a simple employee. So as I said, each week, all this information is available to you on the ato.gov.au website or calling 132-861. So don't take my word for it. Do a little bit of reading. As always, remember, Andy, Mike, and I love hearing from you, as we have, getting your questions, requests, and comments at ontheroadpodcast.com.au or call us 24-7 on 1-300-5111. The answers to the questions you ask will benefit other truckies. For God's sakes, wake the truck up. It's free to listen and learn on this show and call us on 1-300-5111 anytime with your questions. Until next week. I'm Benjamin Charles. Keep it safe out there. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey, Mike, how's life on the road in the Pilbara, mate? Well, it's hot over here, mate. You're funny, that. <laughs> You do surprise me. It doesn't change. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot and wet. It's hot and dry. It's hot. It's humid. Yeah, and it's a bit hot. <laughs> and then it's a bit hot. I saw that thing on Twitter with that picture of that bloke's truck in, was it Canada? Yeah. All covered in snow and ice and everything. Yep. He was complaining about the cold. <laughs> and you said, you should try the heat, mate. And he said, I'd rather have the cold. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. And then we had a bit of a conversation about tri-drive trucks and I put mine up and I said, tri-drive for the win. Yeah. Fancy having to go out and deal with your truck looking like that, though. Oh, man, I'd stay in bed. It was buried. Can you imagine him trying to get the damn thing started? Have you seen any of those YouTube videos with the cold start? Oh, yeah. They start that old Peterbilt up in the snow and just, ugh. Yep. How could you do it to a motor? I mean, really. Yeah, or a human being for that matter. Oh, or a human being for that matter. They can stick that ice road thing fair up there. Fun to watch, though. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, mate, I know that you're always trying to make a better person of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you know that I'm always trying to do that as well. So the missus and I sat down and decided we'd work on some self-improvement together. Okay. She suggested to me, however, that it might help if I tried to get more in touch with my feminine side. <laughs> Righto. So subsequently, I backed the car into the garage door, burnt the dinner to a crisp and said, I'm fine, all right? <laughs> Oh, geez, and I don't even have a problem believing that. Yeah, I don't think it's what she had in mind just quietly. But no, anyway. I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> Mate, kicking in, sad with the news just through of the passing of truck legend Tom Lindsay, OAM, on November the 16th. Yeah, old mate Tom's uh, finally gone to meet his maker and mm. you know, he follows his brother, obviously. 
Lindsay Brothers is probably one of the biggest companies in Australia. I've got over a thousand trucks on the road and you know more trailers. I think they fit the bill of iconic, don't they? Well, they do. Yeah, they're a publicly listed company now. Mm. Tom and Peter started the company. Peter passed away in uh, 1998, and he was 68 when that happened. Mm. They started out with three second-hand trucks from their father, Victor, and they initially carried produce and stuff out of Coffs out of the Sydney markets. And I mean, Lindsay have had a few rough trots over the years. There was a bit of a meme going on about you know, if there was something going on, it was a Lindsay truck that was involved. Mm. But I'll tell you what, they worked hard. Yep. You know, it's just another industry icon that's left the game. Mm. Condolences from all of us here at the show for Tom's family, and you know, he'll be sadly missed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, old Reg Lindsay wasn't related in any way, was he? Don't think so. Mm. He wrote a few good tracking songs. <laughs> I'm going to give you a slapping. Oh, it was a serious question. I wasn't being flippant. No, no, I'm talking about Reg Lindsay and decent country songs. <laughs> no, they're tracking songs, not decent country songs. You, I think you need to go and have a listen to a few with your head in a bucket, mate. Uh, there's a fine line, isn't there? There is a fine line. Mike, according to Safe Work Australia's work-related traumatic injury fatalities report for 2020, there's been a 50% decrease in workplace fatalities across the transport industry. There has, but I'll tell you what, we're still getting out there. Mm. Still a lot of guys that are losing their lives in the industry. Yep. A lot of them are as a result of accidents, like vehicle accidents. But there's a heck of a lot of guys that are losing their lives loading and unloading and being hit by moving objects. Mm. Seems to me... To actually drill down and get the answers of why these fatalities are happening is probably not the easiest thing. Yep. Out of 194 work-related fatalities, 41% or 80 of them were as a result of vehicle collisions. There's 13% or 25 of those result of workers being struck by moving objects. 75% of all the combined fatalities involved a vehicle in one way or another. So, you know, obviously we've got to be a little bit more careful around things. It's 22 bystanders, unfortunately, which is a big number. Yep. This is probably one of the reasons why we now end up with these yellow boxes and stand here. Yeah. It seems to me sometimes a little bit of common sense has left the building. Yep. We are still one of the most dangerous professions in the country, and it's more dangerous in New South Wales and Victoria than anywhere else. Yep. Go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage and you can get all the numbers there more accurately than I can give them. And there's a link at the bottom of it to the full report if you want to. It's an interesting read if you're that way inclined. Yeah. Mate, the next one, I've got to tell you, this is probably one of my favourite news stories in quite a while. And essentially, you know, my sense of humour is a little bit on the warped side, but mm. this kind of tickled me a little bit. But a preschool teacher who is moving to the Kimberley yep. asked that local community if there was anything she could bring with her. Mm. The overwhelming response was they needed thongs. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming at this point we're talking about footwear, not, well, you know. <laughs> anyway. Scar Cellar Transport answered the call and are organising two pallets of thongs to be transported from the New South Wales Northern Rivers across to Kununurra. She's moving from Billy Nudgel to the Kimberley. Mm. Billy Nudgel to the Kimberley. I tell you what, that's a, that's a big step. Yeah, well, particularly with two pallets of thongs. <laughs> I suppose the important thing about it is that Hookworm's one of those things that you get up there. Yep. And the easiest way to prevent hookworm is some footwear. Yes. So thongs sort of fit the bill, so to speak. Mm. For me, this story really is about transport companies coming together to do something for free. The fact that they've got a little bit of press and some people have said thanks is a good thing, I think. Now, good on Scar Sellers for doing it. Mm. There's a couple of others. 
Harley Interstate Haulage are helping out. Scar Sellers are helping out. They've gone by Goldsmith's house and they've you know picked up these couple of pallets of thongs, couple of thousand pairs of songs, pairs of thongs, <laughs> and they've gone into one of Scar Sellers' triples for the 4,000-kilometre trip to Darwin from Sydney. Then McLean Enterprises will transport them the last 830 k's from Darwin to Kununurra, and the kids will have some thongs and a new teacher. Yeah. Talk about endearing yourself to your new community when you move in. Yep. Nothing like bringing a couple of crates of thongs with you. <laughs> some free thongs. Yeah. The transport industry does this sort of stuff all the time. We've got all the convoy for kids things happening now. We had the Brisbane convoy the other week. The Illawarra convoy is coming up. Mm. Goulburn's got one. Just about every city's got a convoy for kids. We all do this sort of stuff. You know, there's all the bike runs and these people go out and they do these things to help the community. And this is just another example of uh, people saying, well, what do we need and, and organise it? And some truckies getting together and saying, yeah, we can do that. Go yep. and help. And I think it's brilliant. I do too. It's a good story. Mike, last Sunday, 750 people attended the launch of the Museum of Vehicle Evolution in Shepparton. And whilst not specifically reserved for trucks, heavy vehicles were a feature of the night. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you can get on the bigrigs.com.au webpage and have a bit of a look at the story there. There is some really good-looking trucks at the Move Museum. Hmm. 9,000 square metres, if you're interested in going and having a look at Shep there. There's a lot of trucks there, let's put it that way. Hmm. They've got a, you know, a lot of Kenworth and Freightliner things there. Shepparton and Motor Museum and Collectibles started in 2012 and Move is now one of the largest regional museum of collectibles in Australia mm. and unique in that it exhibits the legends of the Goulburn Valley. So uh, the Furphy Museum and the Farron Vintage Bicycle Collection, amongst others, are there. There's even a 14, 18 Benz there if you want to get all whimsy globes, something like that. I'll tell you what, there was a quick one of those getting around back in the day, you know. Mm. Had a Detroit in it. Right. And it used to really get up and move. It was a green one, if any of the listeners remember. And there's another one around now, an old one, an old creamy sort of a coloured one with a really big sleeper on it. That'd appeal to you, a big sleeper, wouldn't it? It would. Anyway, there you go. Move Museum, Shepparton. Go and have a look if you get a chance. Yeah. Mate, our final story for the day, work on a 10.5-kilometre section of the Newell Highway as part of the park's bypass is officially underway. Oh, yeah. And isn't it about time too? Mm. $187 million they're going to spend on the park's bypass. All right. It's one of the biggest infrastructure projects for the town in a good while, and it's expected to divert 1,200 heavy vehicles and other traffic from the main town centre every day once the bypass is complete, which is expected to be around 2024. Mm. So it's not going to happen anytime soon. The Giorgio Group have been charged with sorting this thing out, three-year construction of the bypass, and they've wasted no time getting some crews assembled, and they're going to get started on it. Over the next few years, the New South Wales and federal governments are going to be investing $1.5 billion on transferring journeys through the freight routes in New South Wales. Mm. There's a $228 million commitment to build 40 overtaking lanes as well. The Newell Highway, it's one of the busiest freight corridors in the country, particularly between Melbourne and Brisbane. And there's a lot of areas out there like you know, Moree and all those other towns, Parks, Forbes. Mm. All these towns that are the hubs for the agriculture and it makes sense to spend more money on this road and get it right. They're also talking about the inland rail thing, which is still trying to get that sorted out. Who knows what's going to happen with that, how long that's going to take to happen. Yep. But in the meantime, we're going to do a few projects like this and hopefully make life a little bit more pleasant for the truckies going up and down and for the people of the community who don't have to have the truck driving through the town all night. 
just out of interest in that 10.5k section, how many rest areas? That'll be a question that'll be asked, I suppose. Mm. You know, there really should be at least a big service centre or something there because some guys do have to go and get fuel through parks. That would be one of the things I'd expect to happen. Be interested to see what the plan is when it comes up. Will be. All right, mate, that runs us out of time. Thought for the week. You know when you're getting old when it's your doctor telling you to slow down, not a cop. (laughs) Yep. Yep, there you go. (laughs) That's true. Good to catch up. Keep cool. All right, we'll do our best. See you, buddy. Cop you later. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Andy, mate, everyone knows all about me, mate, but I've had several people get on to me and say they know five-eighths of bugger all about you. Fine with me. (laughs) A lot of them want to know how you're still breathing. Yeah. Because they think that you probably need a marriage counsellor. (laughs) But anyway, that's besides the point. Now, everyone knows that you and I co-host the show. Yep. And everyone knows that I'm the truck driver. But they ask me, well, how did you get started with Andy and, and what did you do and all the rest of it? And I tell them that I met you on social media. And mm-hmm. You volunteered to help me out and we've been working on things basically ever since. And this show's been a joint idea of yours and mine. Yep. But you've been a musician and you've had a music shop. Yep. So we want to talk to you a little bit about what you do on the show mm. and talk about music. And I've got a question for you because you used to run a music shop. Yep. And I don't know if you recall, but I did ask you one time about the forbidden track that you're not allowed to play in a music shop. Stairway to Heaven, yep. Stairway to Heaven, exactly. Mm. Well, i got to know why, mate. Why can't you play Stairway to Heaven in a music shop? Well, Stairway to Heaven was one. Smoke on the Water was the other one. Right, eh? Just because basically every kid that had come into the shop and pick up a guitar would hook straight into Stairway to Heaven or Smoke on the Water, usually pretty badly. Yep. And people employed in that particular industry just got to the point of, I'm over it. Enough. Play something original. Play something different. Yep. It was interesting, though, many years ago, this guy came in and saw a particular Fender Telecaster that we had there and said, do you mind if I take that into the amp room and have a play? Yep. I thought, I know this guy. I recognize the face. Anyway, it was the late Phil Emanuel, who's Tommy Emanuel's brother. Yep. For every bit as good a guitar player as Tommy Emanuel is, Phil was just that much better again. Yep. Awesome player. But anyway, he took this thing into the amp room, plugged it in, And he started playing Smoke on the Water with a big grin on his face. (laughs) He played for about 30 seconds and stopped. I said, no, keep going. (laughs) Probably make a difference that he could actually play it, though. Yeah. And he bought the guitar as well and another one at the same time, so all good. Oh. But yeah, that's the only reason, mate. Just get a little bit tired of hearing it. So he had a music shop. Yep. And now you do audio for podcasts like this one. Mm -hmm. And you've had a few other projects as well. If people wanted to go and have a look for those... There's the No Holds Barred one that we did Yep. for a little while, and there's was it the Fatherhood Project. The Fathering Project was one, yeah. There was one called Radio Cota, another one called The Boomer Lounge, which was for the over 50s. Yep. Another one called Radio Red that ran for a while. Yeah, it's been a thing for me over the last few years since my health deteriorated a little bit. been a professional counsellor over a number of years, a trainer, an assessor, and all sorts of things. I've had a go at just about everything. I've got to say, I, I love what I'm doing now. 
editing and mastering audio and making silk purses out of sour's ears sometimes it's a challenge but it's a lot of fun i enjoy it i throw you a few challenges from time to time yeah, fairly regularly i'd say the other question that's sort of come along with this hmm. is how long do we spend making the show people say to me oh, how do you do it and I often find the people to talk to on the show. Yep. And you've done the odd interview yourself and nicely too, I must add. Thank you. How long do you spend on it, mate? This is the question that I get. Everyone reckons that we do a top quality show and the sound quality is always good. And you know that I rag you because sometimes I think, mate, being listened to in the cab of a truck, we don't need it to be pristine and then you go ahead and do it anyway. Mm. So the question, I suppose, is... How long does it take? How long does it take? Mate, to put an hour to an hour and a quarter show together mm. takes a good four to five days. Yep. A 20 to 30 minute interview will take the best part of a full day to get that right. Mm. All the music that you hear is all very carefully edited to allow for voiceovers and all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit of an art, but it's an art that I enjoy doing. And I know I've done my job well if no one really notices anything other than says it was a good show. If it's crook, they'll let us know. Yeah, well, we've never had a complaint. Hmm. <laughs> And so I do a few interviews and talk to a few people and then we record the news together and then you edit out all my bad language and... (laughs) (laughs) Turn them into proper sentences and, yeah, it's good. Well, that's right. I mean, I've got no doubt you've had me say things I didn't say. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's that? You're going to admit it now, are you? Oh, hell yeah, but I'm not going to tell you which bits. No. I don't remember it being quite like that when I said it. Yeah. When I listened to the master before I posted up, I think, hmm. You know, ultimately, we're two very different characters. We've got a lot of very similar ideals, yeah. but we make a damn good team. Well, I enjoy it, mate. It's been a great pleasure. And I, obviously, now that I know how long it takes, I'm probably going to have to find some more parties for you. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyone out there that's interested in helping us out, it does cost us money to put it together. Yeah. And we're not ones to beg, but anyone that feels that reaching all these truckies through On The Road podcast, by all means, please give us a yell and we'll let you know just exactly what we can do for you. And not only from the podcast point of view, but if anyone needs any audio done, if they want any radio advertisements done for them or training pieces with voiceover and music, we can do all that in the studio here. So happy to help audio newsletters and all that sort of thing. Hmm. But it never ceases to amaze me. You know, I look at the stats on SoundCloud, our hosting site. Hmm. I look at where people are listening to it. and We've still got a guy listening to us in Belgium. Yep. Mate, if you're in Belgium and you're still listening, I see it in there. Send me an email. I'd love to know about who you are, if you're an expat or what you're doing. Poor bloke's probably been in lockdown for the last two years and he's got nothing else to do but listen to us. Well, this is true. Yeah. We've got listeners in Singapore. We've got listeners in Japan, Ireland, Kiwis. Yep, the UK, the USA. Yeah, we've got a lot of regular listeners in the USA. Mm. I'd love to know who some of these people are. Mm. So send me an email. Tell me who you are. Now, I'd like to do some driver profiles and a bit of other stuff like that. That'd be great. That would be good. Find out a little bit more. And- yeah. Now, if you've got anything to say about the show, please email me, mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Send me a text message or even give me a call. The phone numbers are all there on the webpage. Yeah, that'd be something to talk about. It would be something to talk about, mate. I can only say thanks for helping me put the show together, mate. And uh, we're coming up to a Christmas special. What are we going to do for the Christmas special? No, I haven't even had time to think about that yet. Haven't you? It'll be good, though. Promise. Well, Yep. You'll tell me what you want me to do? Absolutely. <laughs> good on you. Mate, it's been great to have a chat and share some of you with the listeners. Yeah. I've answered the questions that I've got written down, the ones that I've been asked anyway, so appreciate your work. Always a pressure, mate. Always a pressure. 
And I'll see you soon. I'm coming back over. Well, you know that, but that's uh, public knowledge now. Most people know that I finish up over here in the end of November and I'll be heading back to the East Coast and look out. Oh, I think you still owe me a bottle of bourbon, mate, so we might have to meet at the border and you can pass it across. I do. You've got a mind like a steel trap, don't you? Yeah, rusty and illegal in six states. (laughs) (laughs) Take care out there, mate. We'll see you when we're looking at you. Catch you later, mate. Popular winner of The Voice in 2017, Aussie artist Judah Kelly just keeps going from strength to strength. Here's Judah with Real Good Time. our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says, If you feel as though you can say something better, just stop. Andy says, I just went along with it because you said it and you've never lied to me. And our guest says, Going really well here. (laughs) Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. The bar closed around two o'clock I guess they finally had to call the cops They tell me I went right on singing and dancing I think I kept my pants on I Sick